You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome into the Bears Illustrated podcast, presented by BearsIllustrated.com your home for Baylor athletics and recruiting on 24-7 sports. I'm Pranay Malampati alongside Andrew Miner. And joining us today is CJ Moore, a college basketball writer for The Athletic. Excited to have you on, CJ. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. So recently you wrote an article about Baylor playing at the Global Challenge in Canada um, and then kind of talked about what you saw there and your expectations for this season. So mm-hmm. could you, I guess, just lay out what you saw from Baylor at the Global Challenge and uh, how, how that kind of puts in frame your expectations for this upcoming season? Well, I, I thought the Bears played really, really well. I, I thought that, you know, you, you look at that field and, and if you watch that team, I think it was the equivalent of – some high level college basketball teams, if you put them in, in college basketball and um, the fact that Baylor was able to hang with all of them with, you know, missing four of its best players, three of its best four guards uh, was pretty impressive. I thought Keontae George was, you know, really showed how talented he is and he's got a chance to be pretty special. As I wrote in the piece, I think he, you know, he, he has the potential to be the, maybe the best pro, the best player Scott Drew's coached. Um, I don't know that he'll be the best player while he's at Baylor that he's coached, but but potentially the best player down the road. Um, and then, I, you know, I thought Jalen Bridges was really, really good and, and fit in well with with what they do. Um, Josh, I'm not even going to try to say his last name, was was really impressive and, and uh, you know, had, had a good debut for them. Um, so I, I, thought, I thought they played really well. Um, to me <clears> – <throat> It showed that, you know, I know how good um, some of those other guys are that, that miss and, um, you know, that didn't, didn't play in the games and talk about, you know, I, I haven't seen Langston Love, obviously, but just talking to the coaches, I know that they, they think pretty highly of him. And then LJ Cryer and, um, and uh, shoot, my, my, my brain's going blank. Uh, Flagler. Yeah, yeah, Adam Flagler. Sorry. Long day. Um, I know how good LJ and Adam are. And uh, so I, I think the thesis has fit together really well. And, and I came away convinced from, from watching that, that I think Baylor's going to be one of the best, best teams in college basketball. Yeah, and you, you, you went into great detail about Keontae George and just how special he was. Of course, he had a great, brilliant performance against Canada in the semifinals, and then he had a shot at the end um, to, to you know, potentially tie uh, Brazil, and uh, that, that didn't quite fall. Um, what, you know, you say he, he could be the potentially the best player Scott Drew's coach. What, what makes him, what gives him that potential and how do you see him, his immediate impact, uh, to give the bears, uh, something they didn't have maybe last year, even. Well, just his, you know, first of all, his size and, and athleticism and the way he can, he can move with the ball. 
Um, you know, he's, he's really, really strong. You could see how, how he was able to rise up and, and just make tough shots. He can kind of get where he wants to go on the floor. Um, you know, it's, it's kind of, he, he, I don't know that he has quite the shake of a Jared Butler, but kind of similar. And, and, and that I, I think he can be used in a similar way to how, how Scott used Jared and, you know, just a guy that can, can go get buckets. And um, if, if he's able to make pick and roll reads as well, which I, I thought he, he had some, some nice moments in that, you know, being able to hit the, the roller and, um, the game's going to only get easier as he plays with better players. And, you know, you throw an LJ and an Adam out there, the spacing is going to be even better than it was in Canada. I think that's, that's one thing, you know, early on in, in the first game, he was really the only dude that was ready to, to make, to make shots. And, and I think, you know, the, the game got a little harder as that, that game against the Italians went on. And, um, but it was good to see that, that I thought he played well, even when other guys started to play well, because sometimes, you know, when you're like the alpha, you can, it's the game, it's, it's almost easier for you when you know you, okay, the team needs me to take all the shots, right? And I, I got to take all the shots, but, but it can get a little harder when you got to kind of share it with other guys, which is kind of how Baylor had to play, um, you know, when they, they had Maceo and Davion and Jared all together. Um, you know, they kind of had to share it. And that, that'll be the challenge when he's, he's out there with other really, really good players. But I thought once, uh, Daytuan Grimes and uh, or Dantuan Grimes and um, Del Bonner started to play better. I still thought he he you know stayed at a high level and um, just the way he can get to the basket, the way he, kind of a three level score. Um, you know, you you just don't see guys that can move like that at that size with that strength that the, the, that combination very often. Another guy you mentioned is Jalen Bridges, who's the transfer from West Virginia. And it seems like he's the most likely guy to replace kind of Kendall Brown's role last year. Mm -hmm. um, and in your article, you talked about how Bridges is starting to gain confidence. And that's something that it seemed like Kendall Brown didn't have last year. He kind of lacked that assertiveness. So how good do you think Jalen Bridges can be if he has that confidence? And do you think he can be the same style of player as Kendall Brown was? Well, Kendall was fantastic in the open court. Like he was really, really, really good in transition. Um, that's where his athleticism would really pop. But I think in a half court setting, he was a little more uncomfortable. Um, you know, he, he was a decent cutter and, and, and would get some buckets that way and, and get your occasional, uh, you know, straight line drive. But um, his game wasn't quite mature enough for the, the half court setting last year where I think Jalen is, is not quite the, he's a good athlete, but not quite a, you know, fewer at the, the level um, that he was at. So I, I think that Jalen is a better shooter and just kind of understands how to operate in a half court setting a little better. And I think he's a really, really good fit with this team. Cause you know, he played in a West Virginia system where everything's kind of tight. Um, he didn't play with other great guards last year. And I, I thought he kind of regressed where I think he can take what he did a freshman year and, and, and build on that um, for his junior year now being a Baylor. Um, you know, he's a got a really, really quick, easy, fluid release. Um, you know, he, he showed some things that he could put the ball on the floor a little bit. I don't think he has to do that a ton, but if he can do that a little bit, I, I think that'll, that'll help him. And yeah, he's just, he's just, he's got the same kind of size as Kendall not quite the same athleticism, but but close enough and and just better skill, better shooting where I think he fits in a little bit better as that 
uh, small ball four type than, than Kindle did at times. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, all these newcomers kind of fit in with some of the current pieces that Coach Drew has. And so that kind of leads me to, you know, the thought of, uh, A, what have you learned about some of the players that are recovering from injury like LJ Cryer and uh, Jonathan Chamo Chachua as well? And then B, how do you anticipate Coach Drew shuffling minutes, shuffling rotations around? What do you think the the Bears, you know, best, best rotation uh, – is moving forward in this upcoming season. Yeah, I, I think that, you know, from everything I heard, I think LJ and Adam um, and Langston are on track to, you know, I think by the time fall comes around, I think they'll be practicing. I can't say that for certain, but everything talking to coaching staff, it seems like um, they're on track. I, I think with uh, JTT, I, I think that it is kind of unknown, like, Will he play this year? I don't know that anybody can say that for certain. Um, so I, at this point, I think you you look at the team without him. And if, if they get him down the road, then that's gravy. Um, but I think Josh can kind of slide into to his role, um, you know, maybe not to the level right away that JTC was. But um, from talking to people there, I think they're really, really excited about what he can do and and, and and how well he's he's played thus far and practices and stuff like that, and um, so I th- I think it's you know pretty simple. Flows your starting center, um, Josh is the guy that comes off the bench and and kind of plays that JTT role. Maybe plays up to twenty minutes per game. Um, then I think they can play Caleb at the five occasionally with some some smaller lineups. Um, so you know sprinkle him in some minutes at the five. Then I think at the four you've got Jalen. I'll play a lot of minutes there. Caleb play there a little bit. And then I think you can also play links and love there. I think they'll, I think they'll go with some small lineups, maybe where they play links and love at the four. I think he's big and strong enough from, from everything I've heard that, you know, be able to hang there in, in short spurts. Um, so that's kind of your, your front court rotation. And then, you know, my anticipation is um, LJ and um, Adam will both start obviously. Um, and then, then you've got Keontae. So your starting lineup is probably Keontae, Adam, LJ, um, Jalen, and Flo. And then then I think that Langston can kind of play your, um, you know, old Adam Flagler role, your, uh, you know, going back to Deontay Bandu. Yeah, yeah, Bandu. Um, kind of play that six-man role that, that's that's close to starter minutes, but but not quite there, but, you know, has, has been a very, very important piece for Baylor these last few years. Um, LJ played that role last year until he got hurt. And, and then, you know, I think after that, you sprinkle in a little Dale Bonner, you sprinkle in, you know, maybe a little Dan Chuan Grimes. I feel like Dan Chuan Grimes, if they could talk him into it, might be a redshirt candidate um, just because they have so many guys on the perimeter. I don't know that there's minutes for everybody. And, and he showed some things to me that I think he can really help them down the road. Um, so their, their, their backcourt is, you know, has a ton of depth, which, should come in handy. It could, might come in handy with as many injuries as they had last year. Um, you know, I, I think they're built to be able to sustain basically an, an injury at any position um, because they're they're really really deep. And you know, even Jordan Turner had some nice moments um, the you know the latter half of the trip. And um, you know, they could they could play him in, in in small batches if they need to as well. So I I think the the roster and the rotations kind of you know will really come together nicely as, as, as they get going 
And uh, it's, it'll just be a matter of how well can all those guards blend together. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast wherever you get your podcasts. What are your expectations on the defensive side for this Baylor team? Yeah, that's harder to say because you know how much those guards are going to play. And you didn't really get it. So you didn't really get to see the unit together. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you can kind of imagine offensively, you know, here's how it fits together. Um, they're going to be good defensively. They're going to run their no middle stuff. Um, you know, I think Jalen Bridges is a really nice switchable piece. I know they're really, really excited about Caleb and think he, they can kind of, he can kind of be a Mark vital type player for them. Um, I'm not sure I quite see that yet. Like Mark was pretty special yeah. as a defensive piece, but um, you know, Flo is a seasoned vet and has been in the system. And um, and then Josh can potentially come in and kind of give you some of the things that JTT did as, as far as a guy that can switch and, um, you know, be really a really disruptive defender for them. So um, I, I think defensively, they, you know, it's it's pretty good looking team. Like they're not going to be as good as they were that national title crew defensively, I don't think. Um, just because, you know, I don't see a Davion Mitchell out there. Um, and those guards had really good size. You know, LJ's a little bit maybe undersized, but Keontae could be pretty good defensively too if, if he really buys into that end. He, he, he had some nice moments too. And, and Dale's a nice defensive piece off the bench too. So I think they'll be a good defensive team. I don't think they'll be as elite as that national title crew was, uh, but I still think they could be pretty good. So – with that said, where do you anticipate them being seated in March and, and potentially, you know, you know, where, the, where are their odds in your mind to win a national title? You, you let off your piece uh, with, yeah. with that, how Duke's been the only team since 79 to go four straight seasons as a number one seed. Um, and obviously there was a COVID interruption, but Gonzaga and Baylor would be on pace to uh, this year to, to join uh, those Blue Devil squads. Yeah, I, I think that, um, yeah, I think Baylor is going to be a top two seed in the tournament. I think they'll, they'll, the Bears will have a really good shot at being number one, a number one seed, depending on how health goes and, you know, how the Big 12 kind of shakes out. But um, to, to me, they're in the grouping of the best five, six teams in the country. Um, I think when you look at the Big 12, it's going to be Kansas, Baylor, and TCU at the top. And I think any of those three teams could probably win the league. Um, that would be my top three to, to start the year. And, and I, I think all three of those will be really, really high seeds coming in CA tournament time. And, 
you know, the, the big 12, I think will once again, be the best conference in college basketball. Uh, it's been that for some time now. And I think it's going to be one of those years where you have at least three really, really good teams. And then with Texas and Texas tech having potential to be pretty good too. Um, I know some people who like Oklahoma state as well. Um, so the league's going to be deep. It's going to be really good. That's going to give Baylor an opportunity to have a really high seat if, if they place well in the, in the league, which they will. And um, so you get some March, who knows, but I think, I think Baylor will have, um, you know, will be one of those teams that we consider a national title contender. Um, I do think it's going to be a healthy year in college basketball. Um, you know, when you have teams like North Carolina returning basically everything, um, Gonzaga with Drew Timmy back and a, and a nice core. Houston's going to be really, really good. Um, you know, Kentucky, Kansas are, are, are going to be in the mix. So I, I do think there's a, a decent sized grouping of teams that could win a national title, but I'll, I'd, I'd put Baylor in there um, after from what I've seen and knowing how good those guards are that miss, I think Baylor's going to be really good. That kind of leads into my next question, which is with Baylor being a national title contender on such a regular basis these days, mm-hmm. and with guys like Roy Williams, Coach K, Jay Wright retiring from college basketball, where would you put Scott Drew in the college basketball coach rankings? Well, I, I, don't, I don't love to like try to rank coaches because I think it's a kind of a ridiculous premise, but um, he's in that top tier I mean he's he's proven himself to be among the elite coaches in the game um with how often he's won with what he's take I mean let's let's remember guys like Baylor was it was a terrible job when he took it and now it's 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 one of the best college basketball programs in the country over the last five years like they you know it's you put them up there with Gonzaga Kansas and probably Nova have, have, have been the elite teams in college basketball consistently every year. Um, so he, he's up there in the, in the top tier of college basketball coaches. And um, I'm, I'm not going to try to rank him off the top of my head, but, but he's very, very high. Who else would you have in that top tier? Oh man. You know, obviously Bill Self's in that top tier. Um, Calvin Sampson's in that top, top tier, Mark Few. Um you know, I don't know that John Calipari is even anymore, but his teams are still going to be really, really good because he's going to recruit well. Um, Matt Painter, I think, is terrific. Uh, so, so those are some of the coaches I'd put up there. CJ, let me know if this is just ridiculously out there, but it, it crossed my mind while watching Baylor in the in the Global Challenge. Uh, what was that? Almost maybe a, a mini tryout for Coach Drew uh, to be the USA, the Team USA head coach. You know, maybe in the future. Um, I mean, I, I could see him doing that. I, th- I think he's got the personality for it. And, um, I think they have, they're, they've been leaning towards keeping it in the NBA guys, you know, pop is the guy now. Um, you know, I know coach K was for a while. My guess is they continue to, to, to stick with an NBA guy, but, um, if they were to reach down in the college ranks and then, then yeah, he, he, he would make sense. And, but usually before a guy does something like that, or I, they're, they're involved in USA basketball coaching, maybe the, um, you know, under 17 team or the under 18 or under 21, whatever it is, all those, um, you know, maybe he'll get his shot to do that soon. Um, but the, the national team, that, that might be a little far-fetched right now. <laughs>
Automobile VIP Pass. We're delving into the secretive world of Formula One. Behind the scenes with two of the sport's biggest names, Mercedes and Williams. This is not coal mining, this is Formula One motor racing. As they build their new cars. We want to be so much further ahead. We are in permanent racing mode. And face shocking headlines. Here's Lewis Hamilton moving away from Mercedes. I'm Joseph Fiennes and this is F1, back at base. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.